football or your fans did be like, hey, yo. Dude, P.J. Walker's not a very good football. I haven't watched him play. But um, D.J. Moore, I don't know if you have him in any leagues, was like wide open in the end zone on an out route. And he literally threw it into the Falcons guy. The Falcons guy just catched it and then just dropped it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is, this is a game of this. Just for the light They only think we're all just too uptight And everybody knows they've got the right Cold passions roam in your factions No taste for facts, the old days are back They're not long gone, wherever they go what is going on fellow streamers welcome in to episode 101 we're we're in the hundos fully now we are into the next zone of episode numbies Numbies. of streamer season the exclusive streaming platform tv and movie podcast on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network it's kb and dylan coming at you from underground studios we've got a lot to talk about uh, we've got Andor episode 10, which a number of people online in my social circles were tweeting about it. So I recommended the pod to them. So hopefully shout out to Nick Johnson, shout out to my friend Kelly from Ohio, uh, potentially new listeners of the pod. Nick Damn, did awesome. retweet that the pod is dropping tomorrow for us. And he's got like 3000 followers on Twitter. So shout out to Nick. Um, he's the artist for the 76 or six man um for all of his like merch and stuff so shout out to nick shout out to kelly and shout out to you if you're brand new uh to the pod we're gonna be breaking down and or episode 10 we're gonna be breaking down and reviewing don't worry darling as it is brand new on hbo max as of this week it felt very uh smart for dylan and i to take advantage of the newness to hbo max for it uh since i know a lot of people did not choose to go to the theater to see it because of the press tour and all of the, the baggage behind it folks we'll get to that later we'll get into that give you our review give us we'll give your you know the takes and everything and then uh one as i mentioned before we started recording to dylan one of our core pillars of success stranger things day happened this past weekend we got the title for season five episode one and a lot of people speculating from some of the things that were put out over the course of Saturday online. Dylan and I's Eddie Munson theories might be correct. Uh, plus, we'll get into the streaming platform, Multiverse News and Notes, Dylan, which one is very interesting and I'm excited to get your take. Obviously, we've been recording these episodes now for the past couple of months just because of show schedules uh, on Thursdays, which is when thursday night football is on a streaming platform we've got another streaming platform trying to get into the sports game not named peacock um so we'll talk about that plus all of the news and notes around the nerdverse and the streaming platform multiverse uh but before we get started make sure you guys are following us on the socials at streamer szn we just did our nice little refresh of the logo dylan i wanted to get your vocalized thoughts 
What do you what do you think of the nice little refresh for us now that we're you know we're a mature podcast and we've hit the one hundred episode mark? <laughs> I like it. It, uh, it it basically it kind of says that it looks a little like I, I want to say classier because the other one wasn't not it wasn't not classy, but it does look reformed. It looks finer. It looks a little crisper. You know, it's it's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of a good example in sports, but it's it's kind of like when certain teams or franchises get like a rebrand. It's the same logo, same jersey, but like a little different color scheme, different font. It's kind of what we did here, and I don't dislike it. Yeah, we kept the same font. We just changed our, our color bars to match uh, what is typically behind Dylan and I on our visual portion of the podcast. And uh, I think it looks nice. I think it pops more. And uh, you guys let us know, at StreamerSEN, what you think of the little refresh there, because that's now the podcast art and all, all across our social media. So that's how you'll find us. Uh, we'll we'll lift the the TV icon into the rafters uh, this February because Dylan and I are gonna be working on a, a fun project to finally have like our uh, award show slash Hall of Fame for this podcast uh, in the future. So stay tuned for that in the next couple of months. Uh, but at Our, streamer SCN. Smart guy is gonna get an award. At streamer SZN on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola and follow me at KBIZZL311. Get us to 200 Twitter followers before Elon blows the whole thing up and then Dylan never has streamer season in his Twitter bio. Um, that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> Elon knew. He knew all, He knew we were getting close to getting me with that. He's thing. like, I'm going to put them under a time restraint. Um, so go follow us there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It really helps the show continue to grow, helps us reach new audiences. And Dylan, what should they be doing on the Apple Podcast reviews to help play with that algorithm? This is great, too, because Kyle said might have some new listeners. So you guys are hearing this for the first time, and everyone else is probably like, Dylan, shut up already. But I'm going to say it again. So people, you should be leaving recommendations and reviews for what Kyle and I are to do next. Uh, we have all streaming services. You can also leave these reviews in review uh, in comments on YouTube or amongst the streaming services and the reviews, etc. But let Kyle and I know. As you can see, we're only doing one show right now, and that will be a thing on and off because at times we're only covering a show. So we're doing a movie today. But if you give us a recommendation for a movie, we can also cover that next week and or a show. Yeah, we have um, we've curated along with our movie extraordinaire, who that lucky son of a gun, Dylan, got to see Wakanda Forever last night because uh, he works at a movie theater, so he That's got awesome. the advanced screening. Shout out to Christian; he'll be joining us on some future episodes. You guys saw him when Dylan was away for two weeks yeah. uh, when he had Elvis syndrome, and <laughs> when he he was in uh, North Carolina for Mikey's wedding. Thank you very much. Uh, Christian joined us to break down Andor, some episodes of She Hulk. Uh, so he'll be joining us for some of these. We've curated a list of movies that should carry us potentially through the new year, if I'm not mistaken, with how many we listed off. Um, yeah, I think you said at least like six or seven. So that's yeah, we, we've got a good list, and I'm excited about all of them. They feature some of our favorite actors that we've talked about on this show. A lot of them are popular currently in terms of just like viewability and, and timeliness of when they came out. Uh, and then some of them are, are classic. We've got the original Knives Out on that list to get Dylan ready uh, yeah. for the so second watch, one. That's great for me. And, uh, you know, we'll give a little tease of what next week's movie is going to be because it features 
potentially like three of Dylan and I's like Hall of Fame actors that we enjoy that we've talked about at nauseum on this show. Um, and it's a movie we've I'll teased one that we, <laughs> it's a movie we've teased about talking about for months now. We just haven't had the time slot for it yet, but now we do. We'll tease that later on in the show. Um, but like Dylan said as well, make sure you guys subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of streamer season and every podcast on our network. Uh, you can go to youtube.com backslash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It brings you right to the page. Subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on everything we talk about on the rundown today, shows and movies you're currently watching. And like Dylan said, recommendations mm -hmm. for us to watch on this show. Uh, so make sure you do that. And also shout out to our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. Uh, they are the official merch partners of our podcast network. They provide unique and comfortable designs for all uh, in the Philly sports space. And of course, pretty soon for all of our favorite streamers. Um with their high quality clothing and for, you know, all the great people out there watching shows and movies with their original designs for all. There's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd, stand out on your couch or stand out in the movie theater. Uh, you guys can use our promo code underground at checkout for 10% off any apparel. When you shop online at phiapparel.co. that's phiapparel.co and use code underground for 10% off guys. Let me tell you, they, it gets there quick. It gets to you within five to seven days. You get it now. You're going to have it in time before all the craziness of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You don't have to worry about holiday delays. Get a jump start on the online shopping now. You've got a promo code ready to rock and roll for you. Uh, get ready for the holidays with PHI Apparel Company. And that's code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Dylan, let's get into Andor, episode 10, a show that over the past couple of weeks, you and I have said has felt like they've been pumping some filler in, but now the filler kind of makes sense to where it was building to. I think the last three weeks, including this week's episode, were kind of like a triad of episodes, if you will, yeah. um, building to this peak point, uh, and our Andor episode 10 breakdown and review is brought to you by our good pals over at Kenwood Beer. It's Dylan's favorite beverage of choice when he's escaping from an imperial prison. Uh, you guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the all-new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. Maybe you'll even swim one way out into a, a whole ocean of Kennys. Uh, <laughs> but you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Shout out to the boys over at Kenwood Beer. But, Dylan, one way out is this week's episode title, Toby Haynes, Bo Willimon, on the call for making this episode happen. Uh, they were also in charge of the last two episodes, so this was kind of like their their portion of the season to, to make happen. Yeah. Initial thoughts before we like break it down like we always do. Um, do you feel a little better about how the past couple of episodes were now that we kind of have an answer to where it was going? Yeah, no, I think the resolution of witnessing a literal prison riot break is always neat in any median. I think most movies or shows, when they do that, it's usually entertaining. 
Uh, and it definitely was in this show. It's cool that we're watching a Star Wars f- show and there really hasn't been stormtroopers. Like, there was a whole, like, riot, <laughs> prison outbreak, and not a single stormtrooper in sight. And that's kind of a cool thing. Um, like, it, it just feels more like a show about people and less about, like, the legacy things. Like, I always joke about the sand and the, and the Skywalkers and no lightsabers. So it's, it's, it's staying true to that, which I like. Um, so as a whole, no, like first impressions, I, I liked it. Um, definitely can now see like the vision. I mean, I, I think, we, I think most people would guess he was going to break out like Andor himself, maybe not the whole prison. Cause a lot of them seem content there, but given recent events, realizing, you know, they won't ever get out. <laughs> so I'm trying to find this one tweet I saw um, about the episode. It was, it was comparing like the the prison like riot and everything. Um, I wonder if I bookmarked it, but uh, yeah, I, I think this episode like made the other two episodes make more sense and yeah. not feel as like blah as you and I graded them. Um, but you know that's the benefits of a week to week podcast breakdown yeah. you know we we have our initial takes and then it's like oh we 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 might have been a little wrong about you know our take on it because we didn't know what was to come uh and that's the difference between what we do and what people do waiting for an entire season of something to happen and then binging it um but i like that i like that aspect of the disney plus shows and the stuff that's on hbo max that's week by week as opposed to uh netflix who puts everything all out at once i think there's benefits to both Um, but I think stuff like this, where it's like, oh, like it makes you go back and rethink your process about how you perceive some of the episodes in the past when it goes week by week. And I like that a lot. Um, so one way out by breaking a water pipe and flooding his, uh, work floor, Cassian disables the floor security system, allowing work crews there to overpower the few guards and escape. Kino uses the prison's intercom system, which he sounded so much like Snoke. Yeah, it was weird, right? <laughs> if, 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 you, if you know, you know. And I was like, bro, is this guy going to like just refer, <laughs> turn back to an evil like, Sith Lord? I said, is this Snoke's origin story? Yeah, it's actually a prequel. <laughs> it's the prequel to the sequel. Um, Kino uses the prison's intercom system to encourage other floors to escape, and the rebellion sweeps through the entire prison. Despite his role in the escape, Kino reveals that he can't swim and must remain in the prison surrounded by water. Cassian swims with the other uh, escapees and reaches land free. Uh, Mon Mothma meets with Davo Skulldun, a shady businessman who offers to help finance her projects. But Mon refuses after Davo requests that Mon arrange a meeting between her daughter and his son, an initial step towards marriage in Mon and Davo's Chandrillian culture. Uh, and I saw, I think Eric Voss said this in his Easter egg breakdown on new rock stars. Um, that whole interaction got almost very, uh, Targaryen. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was almost game of Thrones, but then Mon Mothma was like, nah, dog. Yeah, dude, that took me by surprise. That whole scene. That was the part of the episode where I was like, I did not sign up for this. Like, I didn't know like we were getting (laughs) Prisoner Riot, that makes sense, you know? Um, no, but it was a great episode. It's kind of crazy how fast Kyle just went through it, but, like, I guess... I have, I have one more part where Lonnie, uh, secretly an informant with the ISB, meets Luthen and that updates him on the ISB's a, activities. 
good plot twist. Did they, was there any, like, there wasn't really any subtle references to him being a spy. Like, he always looked no. nervous, but I figured he was just a nervous, skinny, <laughs> pale-looking guy. Yeah, and then like, the two men reflect on how they both are trapped in their roles. Um, that was, like, the I think the most, like, insane twist of this episode was that happening, like, in a completely different, like, sector of this episode where like the main plot is obviously the prison escape and everything. And then you get this plot twist and it's like, holy shit. Like what is actually going on? Yeah, dude, that's pretty much my exact reaction. Anyone listening, like, like, like the prison riot makes sense. Like we knew Mon Mothma was going to have to meet with a shady, like businessman or organized criminal. Um, so that part was, you know, whatever. And then him suggesting like their children be matched little gross, but then again, given the fact that he's a criminal, it's like, you know what I mean? It, it kind of makes sense, I guess. It's, but then also, like, the last act, the whole undercover spy thing is just, I did not expect that. And, like, that just makes me even more, like, intrigued to see what's going to happen in next week's penultimate episode and in the finale with Benjamin Caron and Tony Gilroy back in the helm for both of those episodes. Um, so this episode, I think, for the most part, outside of maybe the the premiere of the first three episodes, this was the episode that I saw got the most like love and like people saying online, if you haven't watched Andor yet, what are you doing type situations, and a lot of people pumping the tires for this show, which I think is great. Um, and I think it's, you know, very accurate i think this episode is in that goat tier for this season so far um a lot happened and it felt very short compared to some of the other episodes too like even though so much happened it felt like it flew by well it was only 45 minutes which is shorter than some runtime wise and then i I do i do agree with that because you have to think like majority of the episode is a prison coup and then it turns over to slight plot, disposition, and Mon Mothma, and then the fucking out of left field, like, John Cena, like, level. Burr, burr, burr. Of, uh, like, if you're a sports fan, like, and there goes a Nick Castellanos line drive. Yeah. So, like, makes it a 4 1 ball game. Like, we did not. Like, I have to go back and watch because I really don't think they put that many inferences for him being. Besides, yeah. besides like, nervous. I mean, if anyone listening. Obviously, if you watch the show and like Andor as much as Kyle and I, please let us know in the comment section on YouTube or tweet at us. Because I want to know, like, was there a was there a scene where he was looking extra nervous? Was he like looking down? Was there right. a, a tell? Because I did not peg him for a spy at all. It was very um, trying to like think of another Star Wars character. Like, they didn't strike you as that. Oh well, like wasn't Hux the traitor in the newer, in the newer? Yeah. Same same vibes, like someone you did not expect. Yeah. Good call. This guy seems a little more like, I don't know, like, like not like nicer, like grounded, like he's doing it for his family and daughter. Yeah. Whereas Hux, I think in the movie, I hate the new this new Star Wars, but I think he just did it because he was mad that he didn't get a promotion or something. Yeah, so, <laughs> a little different motivations. But that whole plot twist was very intriguing to me, and I wanted to get your take on it from a sense of like, where where do you think we go now with these final two episodes? Now that that information is at our disposal, and now that uh, we're we're swimming along, hitting land, 
by the end of the episode. But uh, oh, I think you have to to watch out for that spy guy, right? So I don't think he would betray them. But if he feels he can double, double, double cross, <laughs> double dip, and get out of the rebel spy, and like maybe has enough information where he feels he can like quit both of them and give them up, kind of thing, he might do that because he seemed very adamant on leaving. He's very nervous. Um, and again, likewise, his, his character was grunt, like being a spy for like five, six years, so he has a lot of training. So maybe he can stick it out. I don't know. His character just seems... It, it's just a weirdly weird thing to introduce him at, like, for, like more thoroughly and as the plot twist, like, as the undercover agent. Because um, we, we didn't really know there was, like, an IBS spy. Like, you could infer that. I think they made, like, one comment about it. Like, oh, I think we got a spy on in, inside or something. And then you kind of forget about it. And then, boom, he's, like, a legit full-on... Like Benedict Arnold, like turncoat. <laughs> Wait, now, th- now that I'm like thinking about earlier in the season, is that who Mon Mothma was talking about? Remember way back earlier in the season, she said there was a spy or something. Maybe might have been like episode f- three or four. She's also being watched really closely, so I'm not sure what she means. Yeah, you know I mean, because like everyone was saying, oh, what if the spy is like Ahsoka or Leia or something? We're obviously not yeah. getting fan service really in this show, so it's none of them. I wonder if that's who she was talking about. Let us know about that too in the comment section because we might just be brain farting and thinking of something completely different. But that hit me there. Um, that just like there was not expecting that at it's all. The biggest curveball of the season, like especially to introduce that with only two episodes left now of season one. Granted, it's at least we know that there's a second season of this to carry more uh perspective and information into once the finale happens but man like total curveball that i was not expecting from that also loved how the prison was in the shape of the imperial uh logo yeah that was like literal (laughs) giant easter egg yeah giant to say the least Um, sequence was also awesome like it was cool seeing all those men come together as one all with a common goal all different like backgrounds, walks of life. Like some of them, some of them are very much older, some are not. And it's just cool listening to Andy Serkis's acting, the speech, and then the ending of it for his arc. The whole "I can't swim" thing really makes you upset. I'm, I'm hoping, like you said off camera, hopefully he got pushed in and someone like dragged him along. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, can we also take a moment because? We talk about Andy Serkis a lot on this podcast for good reason. You know, he's all over the place in a lot of universes that we, you know, have our tentacles tapped into. He's in in Star Wars more than once. He's in Lord of the Rings. He's in Planet of the Apes. He's in Marvel. (laughs) He's in DC DC now. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, Andy Serkis, I think, is one of those people in Hollywood, one of those actors, directors that does not get enough credit for how good at their job that they are. Um, uh, everybody, I want you to think about like, just like the, the crazy prosthetics and like the movements and stuff of, uh, you know, Venom of the guys from the planet of the apes of, uh, Gollum, like Andy Serkis does all of those. Um, there was a cool video my dad showed me, an Instagram reel 
from when he was playing Snoke, and he's sitting in the chair, has all of the you know CGI equipment all over him, but he's doing all the movements, he's doing the voicing, and then they like layer it. Here's Andy Serkis, and then here is Snoke uh, with the finished product. Like he's so fucking talented at what he does from an acting perspective, from a visual uh, you know director perspective. That yeah. like he's he's in our pantheon. I think you know. I think Andy Serkis is going to be one of those guys that we talk about, like we talk about Mikey Fassbender, like we talk about, you know, some of our, our goats. I think Andy Serkis is making his way into that pantheon for us. Yeah, if not, he's already arguably very, like, almost, is almost there. Just he's so talented, and it's just great seeing him get kind of like a redemption in Star Wars because, you know, the newer Star Wars were not very, like, well-received. Also, his character. Sorry, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, Tough Tits. Uh, his character... <laughs> Uh, gets lightsabered <laughs> in the new Star Wars. Although I do think Snoke is one of the better parts of the new Star Wars. That's true. I, I he is kind of ominous. Uh, it wasn't really fan service per se. Um, unless pe- people believe that he was like a. The one theory is he's like a bad clone of Palpatine, but the, we're not going to go into that rabbit hole. We're not. We're not going to do that on this show. <laughs> we're um, not going to be here. <laughs> we're not going to be here. <laughs> Point is, it's just cool to see him get another shot, and he kills it. And for all we know, his character is very much not dead. Uh, he could have stayed in the. Didn't group happen on camera. Didn't happen on camera. We didn't see him jump. We didn't see him go back in. He kind of just stood there. So that's to be. Determined. Interpreted. Although it is, it is really sad to see someone finally overcome their dreams, or not dreams, like their their fears rather, and he's able to lead other men to glory essentially, and he couldn't take the last step himself because of not being able to swim. Yeah, a lot of people online, Dylan, were uh, championing this episode. Our boy Nick Johnson said that this episode's got to be a 10 out of 10. Uh Obviously, if you listen to the pod, you know our ranking scales for a lot of things. But Dylan, Andor episode 10, I think, did a lot in terms of drawing uh, this series back in and and bringing it back to where it's supposed to go. I think it wrangled in, you know, that not filler, but like those middle episodes where you kind of didn't know where things were going to end up going. It was a lot of, of plot. It was movement. kind of it's kind of ironic because episode five I think was the heist, right? Yes. So it went like this. It kind of went up because the, the heist arc was kind of exciting because it was new, you know, sure. And I feel like it started to go down, and then now it went way back up with this one. <laughs> yeah, like the heist happened, and then we were kind of in that middle part, um, and now we we are back into. Where I think, you know, things are going to progress to where we know Andor is going to end up. I did find that tweet. It's from Brian Hyatt. Hyatt. Um, He's a senior writer at Rolling Stone. Um, He put an article out on the how the heist arc in Andor was directly based on a real revolution funding bank robbery in 1907 uh, by Joseph Stalin. Oh, not cool. If you're enjoying Andor, you need to read my brand new interview with showrunner Tony Gilroy. So we'll link the article. Um, I just saw the headline. I haven't gotten a chance to really read it, but they drew from a Joseph Stalin bank height, bank robbery in 1907, which is pretty fucking wild. Awesome. That's a pretty cool, like, random thing to to kind of 
recreate and through a TV show. Uh, he also said he followed up with his article and said even more specifically, Andor's heist arc was inspired by Tony Gilroy reading Young Stalin by Simonette Seabag uh, Montefiore. Interesting. Absolutely wild. So, yeah, figured I'd bring that up since Dylan and I are also history nerds. Um, pretty wild. Also, rem- speaking of history, remind me I have to send you one of the funniest uh, podcast clips <laughs> ever that you will get a kick out of. Thank um, you. <laughs> but, Dylan, episode 10 of Andor, One Way Out, your score is? 8.5. Nice. Solid score. That just came to my mind. Uh, we went. We're going back up, baby. Andor's going through the roof. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully the trend doesn't continue. And after like a cool episode like this, it goes back down. Hopefully they just keep the momentum building. Um, but no, I very much enjoyed this episode of Andor. This is getting the highest grade I think I've given the show so far. Hey yo, I really enjoyed this episode. It was a lot to take in, and it did a lot for me. Dylan, this what? episode from me is getting a 9.1 out of 10. Holy crap. Which, 9.1 plus 8.5 is 17.6 divided by 2. That's 8.8 out of 10 for episode 10 of Andor. I really like this. I think this might, when it's all said and done... Might be the best episode of season one. I would argue that it probably is the best. Like, there's an argument to be had that this is going to be the best episode. Obviously, we at the time of this recording, we have not watched episode 11 and 12 yet. I think uh, that, if you're I watching think this the in best the future. So far, probably one, five, and ten. Yeah. And no, I mean, you can rank, rank that yourself, but I would definitely say those are the best three and i think right underneath is episode three yes um but andor episode 10 job well done well done to uh the the boys working on that arc of uh of andor for these past three episodes you tied your story together and you stuck the landing and i think that's something dylan and i always look for whether it's an arc of a show or a show as a whole stick your landing and i think they stuck the landing no, you're right. They stayed true. They, you know, they built the plot. It wasn't always exciting. It was a little confusing, but they more than delivered. And that's what we appreciate as fans and nerds. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so next week, penultimate following week, right before uh, Turkey Day will be. Yo, Turkey Day's the coming. Finale. And uh, then we'll be without new programming, but we'll have updates on. Uh, potential show that we'll be watching, Dylan and I, uh, that we'll be breaking down season by season because it's short enough. Um, Stay tuned for that. But moving on to our next topic on the list. Uh, Don't worry, darling. Brand new on HBO Max. Obviously, one of Warner Brothers Discovery's two big movies that they were pushing in terms of marketing and everything this year. Um, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Nick Kroll, 
Chris Pine, uh, the spit take heard around the world. I was worrying when giving this a review. Um, I suggested this to Dylan. I saw that it was going to be on HBO Max, uh, you know, starting this past Monday. It made sense because I knew a lot of people um, who had seen it in the theater, and I knew a lot of people, even more so, who chose not to see this in the theater because of all of the craziness from the press tour and all and the it, stories it, coming it, out. Save some money. That's about what yeah. Um, <laughs> I was doing some research for the show, and Dylan, I totally forgot when this movie was in development and you know everything was being cast in 2020. Do you remember who the original lead actor was supposed to be that Harry Styles ended up being? So I was just thinking that because I remember he got recasted when I watched it. I just watched it a couple days ago, and I have no idea. I didn't want to look it up. I knew you were going to ask this, and I've been trying. It's been back in my head, and I forget. It was some. It was someone big, right? It wasn't like someone big. Um, I know there's controversy around this person a lot, um, and that's probably why they got recast. Um, but as I was watching, I was like, damn, I wish there was a cut to see like how this person would have portrayed Harry Styles, eventual character of Jack. It was Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's who it's supposed to be. That would have been interesting. Shia LaBeouf initially then recast to Harry Styles. But, uh, Dylan, the budget for this movie was $35 million. Um, I will say for the budget that is kind of low in terms of a movie, um, in today's day and age, you know, obviously you have, uh, you know, your Marvel grand masterpieces that are $200 million, but like you think about, you know, stranger things, each episode had a like $30 million budget or something like, like crazy, like, you know, 35 million for a movie in 2022 is pretty low. And I will say for what their budget was job well done on, on that front of the movie, like 35 million and pulling off all of the, the optics and the visuals, which I think visually this movie, I, I might be speaking for you, but I think this movie visually was really, really well done. The cinematography wasn't terrible either. Um, and the, the effects, the small mouth they did have were cool. The setting was great. The backdrops were definitely good. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to dive into don't worry, darling made its, uh, Venice film festival debut. September 5th was in theaters, uh, September 23rd, very short runtime. Um, I always felt like when we were younger, movies were in the theater for like three, four months. Dude, I felt like they were there forever. And now it's like, okay, movie comes out here and it's in the theater for 90 days and now it's out. It just seems like only the true blockbuster ones stay uh, like a float longer in the film or in the theater rather. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Shia LaBeouf was uh, recast because of alleged conflicts between... uh, he, Olivia Wilde, and Florence Pugh. Um, also very weird that this movie is not like based on anything either. Um, so whoever conjured this movie up in their brain, I need to exp- like run tests on your brain to see what is going on. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes some of this stuff is like based on a book or, you know, something. Somebody who thought of this concept, I, I need to speak to you <laughs> and figure out, if everything's okay. 
We need to we need to do a check. We need to check on you. No, I agree. Uh, although at the same time, you can see that this film is probably in- influenced from several other things. You know. Yes. Uh, I did a mini tweet thread last night when I was watching this. I started watching it at midnight, um, so not a lot of people probably saw it. But I'll read through my tweets once we get to specific parts. But the box office, this movie did eighty six point two million dollars, so more than doubled the budget. So you know, if anything, that speaks to some success. Um, but we've got you know one of our favorite actresses right now in Florence Pugh. One of my guys who I had no idea somehow, some way that Nick Kroll was in this movie. Um, it was very funny with Nick Kroll. Like I could only hear his big mouth voice acting when I heard him speak. And I was like, this is very funny. Um, I had no idea that he was in this movie. Granted, it was in like a limited like supporting actor role. Um, but I was like, since when is he in this? Like. I don't remember him on any of the press tour, but then in my brain, I was like, oh, he's probably like getting ready for Big Mouth season six, which is far more important. Um, Harry Styles, uh, for second movie, Dylan and I have now seen Harry Styles in uh, with Eternals and now uh, Don't Worry Darling. my third. I saw him in Dunkirk as well. Okay. Uh, I also heard the new uh, police officer something or other movie that he's in is quite good. Um, so we might have to check that out in a new police officer movie thing. <laughs> um, Chris Pine. I thought he was really good in this movie. Oh, dude, his character. I He's such a shithead. He's one of those I love like the dialogue though, that, um, he did in the kitchen to her. Yes. Like, challenge me. And that sat at the dinner table and just kind of like evilly just let her go crazy. He was such a piece of shit villain, which Dylan and I live for. Yeah, it drives the main character. It makes the movie. Um, and it's cool when everyone got up. He was just like, you disappoint me. And I'm like, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> so don't worry, darling. Because ultimately that causes death. So, yeah. It's like that tweet. Ha ha ha. Reaping. Oh, no. Sewing. <laughs> uh, so don't worry, darling. 123 minute runtime. Um which I thought was, like, perfectly fine for what this... I wasn't, like, sitting watching this movie, like... There uh, was a we... point where I was like, this is still going. I don't know if I w- felt that way at all last night, and maybe it was just because I was on that hype of watching something new. Yeah. Um, just watch... Yeah, that's true, that's true. But overall, it wasn't, like, too bad of a... Like, felt like you were, like grogging through a movie where I think you and I have been there with a few movies we've watched uh, on and off pod where it's like, oh, can we get this over with already? I didn't have too much of that, which I think is good. I only had that like literally for like five minutes. It was like it came and went. I I thought there's parts of the movie where I thought it actually played out rather well. It's just I didn't like the leaving things open too much for the sake of like I don't know, like mystery, but I think when you create too much mystery coupled with like weird storytelling, it doesn't always play off like they want it to. It's kind of like in real life, like there are people who try to be like mysterious, you know, like people kind of purposely do that. And sometimes it works. Sometimes someone pulls off the most mystical person ever, like personality. And you're like, holy shit, that guy at the bar, what's his deal? What's he about? And other times you're like, yo, what the hell? Why would he do that? 
Brian Windhorse <laughs> meme. <laughs> yeah. Other times you're like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you, like, what are you, and that's kind of like the vibe I got from the movie. Like, time, I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. And I'm like, what the, no, what the hell? Like, what the, oh. What, what the, what? <laughs> um, the, the whole VR plot line i guess it's relevant because yeah. you know that's very much prevalent in modern society and we are making advances i just actually read the article the other day some guy made a vr headset that we we're going to talk about that in the uh the <laughs> news and notes because it's the creator of the oculus um i have an oculus bro literally <laughs> it was I'm, I'm gonna make a reference to that when we talk about that because there's a tv show that has something similar um <laughs> i see you zap um but yeah don't worry darling um without giving because obviously we want you guys to go watch it if you haven't already and just give your opinions on uh the movie and stuff like that in the comment section but you get this you know 1950s scenery uh, in California, in a company town of Victory, California, with Alice and Jack Chambers, who are Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Uh, every day, the men go to work at Victory headquarters out in the surrounding desert, while their wives uh, stay home to clean, relax, and prepare dinner for their husbands. Very stereotypical 1950s, like, uh, gender role-esque type of situation. Yes, that was definitely a vibe they were going for. Although I have to do historical research. I don't know in the 50s if they took dancing and sat by the pool. I'm not trying to be an ass or be smart. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, That's the part. That- we obviously weren't alive in the 50s, so we don't yes, know. We were very much not born. <laughs> um, I texted Dylan at one point when that was going on, when she was uh, taking like the ballet classes, because it was Florence Pugh, and obviously, like, her big role right now is Yelena Belova in the MCU. I was like, this is just horny Black Widow right now. <laughs> because I was not prepared for Harry Styles to be uh, going down on Florence Pugh on the dinner table that soon in the movie. Like, I knew that happened. They didn't, like, shy away. Like, they didn't, like, they, they kind of showed it. And I was like, it was It was soft core, I, w- I will say. I was like, whoa, hey, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, whoa, 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 you got too much dip on your chip. Too much dip on your chip, he said. <laughs> um, I think, you know, in, in that aspect, it, it put me in a... The way that this movie was shot, like, cinematically and, and just the way, like, perspective-wise, it gives you a lot of that weird Jordan Peele kind of vibe which I enjoy, like Dylan and I both enjoy the Jordan Peele movies a lot. It gives you like that, like sense of unease is I guess what I'm trying to aim for here. Like when you see the husbands driving away to work and everything, and it's kind of like this routine, it's like something's a little off here. Because it's like, why do they all leave at the same time? Right. And it's like, why are we doing this like first day of school send off every single day for these guys to go to work? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a sense of unease. Um, Margaret, who lives in the neighborhood, she's become kind of the outcast after taking her son out into the desert, resulting in her son's apparent death. Although she claims that Victory took him from her as punishment while attending a party hosted by Frank Victory's uh, founder. It's Chris Pine's character. 
Um, Alice sees Margaret's husband attempt to give her medication. Later, she sees Frank looking in on her and Jack while she gets fingied in the bedroom. Um, that was very weird. And again, more sense of unease where like you're in this very private, intimate moment with your husband and you've got this guy just staring you down, looking you down and watching your every move. It was, yeah, it was just like very uneasy and unsettling. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Um, and then one morning while riding the trolley across town, Alice witnesses a plane crash out in the desert. She rushes to help and stumbles onto headquarters, a small building covered in mirror-like windows. After touching one, she experiences surreal hallucinations before waking up back home later that night. And in the following day, she experiences increasingly strange occurrences. She receives a phone call from Margaret who claims to have seen the same thing Alice did Alice goes to see Margaret and witnesses her as she slits her own throat and falls from the roof of her house. Before she can reach Margaret's body, Alice is dragged away by men in red jumpsuits who come out of nowhere every single time something goes somewhat awry. And I'm like, where are these dudes hiding? Where are they coming from? Are they coming up out of the ground? Like, they come from nowhere. I kind of have a theory about the film, dude, now that you're talking about it. Lay it on me. So... I kind of think that Chris Pine's character is purposely choosing, like, women to, like, subtly be revealed that they're, like, not in what they seem. Because the comments he makes, like, I I thought you were going to challenge me. I thought you were going to do this. I want you to do this. Like, it's almost like he's choosing her to, like, rebel and, like, wake up. It's just weird because, like. He, like, is almost too much invested in it. So my point is, like, maybe the plane is somehow, some way, shape, or form his doing. True. Florence I didn't Peter's think of that. And Margaret's character become, like, woke in terms of, like, where they're at. And they slowly realize, like, they're in a simulation. And they, ha- they have to do it through, like, glitches. Because, like, how else? She also, like, glitches when she, like, fucking... Uh, when she's like cleaning the window and gets like crushed against yeah, the... that's like a glitch because you know what she's seeing is her eyes. That's why she's being pressed, you know, up against it because she's just seeing it through VR. But it's like I don't know. It's like all of a sudden, randomly, she just has all these glitches in like a short period of time. Yeah, that's a good point. I also uh, want to preface this for everybody. At least I did. I don't know if you did. I went into this movie without doing like any research. on. Neither the did I. I had no fucking I idea. Had no clue what to expect. <laughs> so that's didn't where Dylan and I are coming didn't, from too, perspective no Chris, wise. Didn't know Nick Kroll, didn't know Nick, uh, Chris Pine. I knew Chris Pine simply from the Venice Film Festival Ding. when Ding Harry allegedly spit on him. Um, yeah. But that was really it. I, I had no idea what the plot was of this outside of the trailer when it came out uh, over the summer. And I was like, oh, sick. Florence Pugh and Harry Styles in a movie? Like, this this will be fun. Um, plot twist. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Um, it was fun when Florence Pugh was by herself in the movie. Yes. Which we will get to in just a moment. Um, you know, then there's a, a doctor who comes in to prescribe... Alice a whole slew of pills and everything. Right. Like he's a total quack. Um, Sometime later, Alice and Jack invite the rest of the neighborhood, uh, except Bunny and her husband Dean to dinner with Frank and his wife, Shelly, a special guest. Frank speaks privately with Alice in the kitchen, like Dylan mentioned, insinuating that she is right in her suspicions. 
Uh, spurred by his confession, she attempts to expose him over dinner, and instead Frank gaslights her, making her look delusional to the other guests. And in the aftermath, Alice begs Jack to take them both away from victory. Jack initially agrees, but when Alice gets in the car, he lets her be taken away by the men in red jumpsuits, and I had tweeted during my live watch that Harry Styles' character absolutely sucks, bro. Yes, character sucks and the acting sucks. Uh, <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, Dr. Collins forces Alice to undergo electroshock therapy. During the procedure, she sees visions of herself in another life as a present-day surgeon named Alice Warren who lives with the unemployed Jack and struggles to make ends meet. And that's where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, when when they cut to, like, modern day, and I was like, what is happening right now? Uh, I was, like, so thrown off. And then my brain started going, and you start to see more of the plot unravel. And I audibly said, when I saw the VR stuff and, you know, the, the simulation type thing, I said, oh, this fucking sucks. I audibly said that at about 1.45 in the morning in my living room. I pretty much right there with you. I, I respect them on one hand for trying to do something a little bit different because there really isn't that many VR stuff like films yet. But at the same time, it almost felt like a cop out because not going with no research, I thought this was a film that was going to like actually take place in the fifties. Yes. Um, I will say the soundtrack for this movie fucks. I love the soundtrack the is fun, classic right? music. Like when they're at the party, I was like fucking jamming to. All the, you know, big, big horns and everything. Uh, Harry Styles dancing like a, like a lunatic was very That's funny. weird too. The whole like dance. Dance, boy, dance. Damn. Um, also then, you know, uh, Alice is enraged that Jack took away her autonomy. Jack hugs Alice, begging her to forgive him, then attempts to strangle her, forcing Alice to kill him with the glass. And at that point, I was like, Jesus, this movie's off the fucking rails. Um... Frank is alerted to Jack's death and sends his men to capture Alice. Bunny finds Alice and explains how she has always known that victory was a simulation, but chooses to stay so she can be with her children who died in real life. Also very weird. Um, it's weird because it, it doesn't tell you, like, the, did her and her husband agree on it? Right. Uh, she tells Alice to flee to headquarters, which is an exit portal from the simulation. The other wives begin to realize the truth as their husbands start to panic. And also they say in the movie... When a husband dies, they die in real life, too, um, which is kind of fucking crazy. Same um, with the woman, though, too, right? I believe. It's See, I picked up, like, the man can put the woman back in the simulation, but it can't be vice versa. I'm pretty sure they said something about that, and, like, now that Jack was dead, like, she couldn't be, like, if she left, she couldn't be brought back in. Well, I'm only asking because the woman is sort of throat. If it, they don't die in there, then the yeah. Jack life it's very weird with that portion too i agree um alice drives jack's car toward headquarters chased by dr collins and frank's men who eventually crash into each other that was cool um cargo boom uh Our and, go boom. <laughs> and then at their house shelly waiting or wanting to regain her control her own control stabs frank to death that was like ugh. they when they showed her twist that knife i was like oh god well, she says she says it's my turn. So my other theory is: is she was she also like a scientist researcher, and was she like cognizant of it? Right. Very weird. Because um, like 
if you learn the truth about being held captive, I don't think my first words will be now it's my turn. Right. Like unless she's gonna like roll reversal and now like the women are gonna capture men. That's what I thought possibly. Maybe they'll make a sequel, but Yeah. It was just a weird line to say as you stab someone. In a world where Don't Worry Darling flopped during its uh press tour. The sequel. Don't worry, handsome. <laughs> Uh, Alice makes it to headquarters where she encounters a vision of Jack asking her to stay. Alice ignores the vision and rushes to the window just before Frank's men reach her. Alice wakes up in the real world, gasping for air, and that is where the movie ends. It doesn't even show it either. It's all blacked. Yeah, it gets blacked out. You get the vocal of it. Uh, I do have a bunch of stuff on this movie from people and just my own personal tweet thread that I'll read off my tweets that I got off throughout my watch um so last night when i was watching don't worry darling these were some of the things that came to mind as i was watching uh i had zero clue that nick kroll was in this movie <laughs> you uh, both. i was like whoa this soundtrack rules uh the next tweet was what the actual fuck is this movie <laughs> uh then it was harry styles character absolutely sucks bro holy shit uh, and then this was my like takeaway from this movie. It's like this movie felt like Squid Game, WandaVision, and like part of Jordan Peele's brain all got put into a blender and mixed up like Rocky's uh, smoothie that he drinks with all of the ingredients. And that's what Don't Worry Darling was. It was a combination because these random red jumpsuit people keeping people in line. Who the fuck were they? Uh, that was very Squid Game-esque, along with, like, the dystopian feel to Victory, well, California. Yeah, but it, just, it doesn't explain that because a right. simulation that, that elaborate would cost so much money to stay alive. Yeah. Uh, WandaVision for it being in, the, like, this hex-like reality. Um, and then Jordan Peele for, like, the, the unease and the, the thriller aspect. Yeah. Um... And then I followed up once it ended. What a weird fucking movie. Uh, I do have a theory, a conspiracy theory, if you will. Put on the put on the tinfoil hats, we'll baby. Uh, this comes from our boy Stephen McAvoy, host of the Get in the Hole podcast on our network. Uh, there's a apparently a TikTok conspiracy theory revolving around Harry Styles, Dylan, um, where there's a song on Harry's album his newest album called keep driving um, where Steve said, now go listen to keep driving by Harry Styles and tell me now that this entire song isn't just a synopsis of the film that released months before the film did. Um, it was one of the oddest songs on the album because it made a lot of funky references to innuendos and other strange topics. So everyone was like, uh, what? until they watch the movie and realize it's basically a giant teaser to the movie. Now I'm going to pull up the lyrics to this song so we can kind of uh, get an idea of, of where this is going. I have not listened to the song, um, but here we go. Keep Driving by Harry Styles lyrics. Steve told me when we recorded Get in the Hole this week that it's basically like act by act breakdown of the movie. So here are the lyrics. Black and white film camera, yellow sunglasses, ashtray swimming pool, hot wax, jump off the roof. 
Those are the first portion of lyrics. Yeah, that's, uh, that's on brand. A small concern with how the engine sounds. We held darkness in withheld clouds. I would ask, should we keep driving? Maple syrup, coffee, pancakes for two, hash brown, egg yolk, I will always love you. That, okay, so this literally is the movie. <laughs> A small concern with how the engine sounds. He held darkness in, withheld clouds. I would ask, should we just keep driving? Should we just keep driving? Passports in footwells, kiss her and don't tells. <laughs> Wine glass, puff pass, tea with cyborgs. Riot America, science and edibles. Life hacks going viral in the bathroom. Cocaine, side boob. Choke her with a sea view, toothache, bad move, just act normal. Mocha pot Monday, it's all good. Hey, you, should we just keep driving? Should we just keep driving? Oh, 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 should we just keep driving? Well, it's literally the whole movie, essentially. It's literally a movie breakdown. It's like spoiler, no context. It's kind of a genius. I'll give him credit. Well actually, done, Harry. Um, well done. Well done. Now we can we can finally we can confirm that his his songwriting is better than his acting. Yeah. Um. I'm hoping he's better uh, as Eros in the MCU. I don't know if it's just because he wasn't originally meant to be in this role that it was kind of weird. Harry just he didn't strike me as like meant for this role. Um. I think you needed someone that had, and ironically, because he got, I mean, Charlotte Buff, a little too edgy, but you need someone that has, like, that grit, that edge. Yes. Like, an actor who doesn't necessarily, like, for all intents and purposes, and I'm not saying it's an insult, there's just a casting, like, opinion. Harry Styles is, air quote, pretty boy. Like, he's a, he's a very attractive, handsome man. I think they should have went with... I'm not saying an uglier man, but I'm saying like someone who has like the stereotypical, like the, the, what the, the Chris Pratt's and the Harrison Ford's of the world, like someone who has like the man's man look. I just, think just, just because the film is portrayed like and rightfully so, men are shit in that film, like they're mm -hmm. douchebags. So I think it would have been more selling to get an actor who can act. And I think <laughs> it's it's obviously Olivia Wilde driven because they're a thing, and I think yeah. Harry's like. Harry's physical appearance fits that 1950s aesthetic. I guess so. I think I guess, visually I that worked. Does you're right. I didn't think about the whole. But there are other actors who could have, who could have fit that. Aesthetic. I agree. It was it was just weird. Like Harry's Michael Fassbender could have did it. Kyle. Harry's portrayal of this character of Jack was good up until his angry. You you realize what is actually going on in this film. Well, he doesn't portray, like, acting-wise. He didn't portray emotions that well. Like, when he yeah. yelled, it didn't look that well. And when he was crying in the car, like, when you kind of look at it, it just kind of felt a little off. I mean, I'm not going to bash him too much. Like, I think he did okay-ish. Yeah, he was, but, he was fine. But I do think they could have hired another actor, and that's why I went in that little rant. Like, I think he's fine. I just think they should have hired a more, like, A-lister. Love Harry. Don't get it twisted. I just don't think this role was like good for him. No, like it wasn't his ideal role. 
It's like a bunch of young actors I would have not minded if they hired. Like, what's the kid's name? Like, eight. They could have hired. Um, you know who would have been really good in this role? Now that I'm like thinking, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, I could see that. I, I think he would have been really good in this role because he's you got like that edginess, a little, a little like unhinged. You need an actor who looks just a little crazy. And we've seen Daniel Radcliffe obviously in Harry Potter and The Woman in Black and like different yeah. movies like go kind of crazy, him. but also fits that aesthetic of that 1950s. And we've seen him fit that role. Um, he would have been fun to watch too. That's why I made the air quote pretty boy like the like comment because Harry Styles just looks like a nice handsome I mean, he, he, young man it just whereas Daniel Radcliffe we've seen in some he's like easily transformed into someone who looks eerily like off-putting mm-hmm. and that's a great that's the way he looks but also be like that's why we want to see him as some version of Logan exactly in the MCU it fits um and yeah like I didn't hate Harry Styles in this I just like we said I think that it wasn't necessarily a role tailored to him. I would have rather have Logan Learman. 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 That could have worked too. That's a good one too. He has the he has the hair to do the whole fifties. Um and then it was just weird seeing Harry look like a, a deadbeat in the real world. It was world. weird seeing that having Harry as the lead male and then like the secondary male besides Chris Pine who had like the most acting was Nick Kroll and he's not a guy you really think of as a serious actor either so it was just kind of bad casting in my opinion with with the with the men I think the two that fit the best in their role were Chris Pine and Florence Pugh yes they are the only ones and I'm a firm belief that acted well in that film, like through and through, and that's that's no knock to any of the other actors or actresses. I just don't think that was really their kind of film. Like Olivia I think Florence Pugh, like her family, carried this movie like she wholeheartedly. Carried this movie, she carried it all the way on her back. And I'll give Chris Pine. Chris Pine did some back, lifting. If Chris, if if Florence carried it on her back, he had like the Egyptian fan as yes. she was carrying the load, the load. Um. They both did well. Um, I would like to see those two in a, another movie together in some capacity. I don't know if it'll happen because of all of the craziness no, and obviously. If you, if you get bored, like Kyle and or anyone listening, I actually found myself in this hole because when I watch movies, I like looking up content like we're doing now for movies. And I was just trying to see like other people's opinions on it and whatever, whatever. And they ended up watching. <laughs> Please do yourself a favor and watch Chris Pine. There's like a compilation video of him doing like the press tour for it, and he mm-hmm. looks so disinterested. Oh like, yeah, Harry Styles is like talking, and then the his wife in the movie I forget the actress's name in real life. She's like talking about like the what the project means, and it's, this man's literally just staring up at the ceiling. The meme of him with his headphones in at the Venice Film Festival Media Day was hilarious. Like, it's just a shame, because I think this movie, like, had legs to do something, like, much more than what it did. Yeah, he just wasn't interested, and I think it kind of fell flat on that regard. Um, and I think the cop-out of the VR thing, like, I hate when movies do that, where it's like, the typical, oh, you go through this whole plot, and then it's like, oh, yeah. surprise, there was a dream. It, yeah, everything was a dream. I hate that type yeah, of shit. Coma. I hate that. I think it's the laziest type of writing um, that you can do. 
I think VR stuff when it comes out as a whole. I think that, that is the new age of oh, it was all a dream. Like that's the new era of that, and only, I think it, it sucks. Only fits a narrative if you open it up like that. So to actually bring in a show I used to watch, The Walking Dead, the main character does literally go into a coma and then wakes up. Now, if they end the show like him being in a coma, that's cheap. But I can't knock them that much because the writing was on the wall, and he at least he literally wakes up in a coma in a zombie apocalypse, and that, you know what I mean. So like, yeah, that's the only kind of scenario, or like same thing. Like if this movie started off as like her putting on VR goggles, then that would kind of make more sense, you know what I mean? Like maybe she thinks she takes them off, but she's still stuck, kind of thing. But my point is, they don't do that at all. You think you think you're in the fifties when they're years and years beyond or far from that technology and then lo and behold she's actually a, a fucking good for her a, a gosh darn md in real life and yeah and like obviously. taken against her will like yeah and they don't even show that they glance over the fact that all these men have women captive and you're just left to presume yeah. that it gives every... you the ick it does give you the ick and they let, it just it's gross um in that regard very weird movie um Am I glad we watched it for the show? Yes, because I think yes. it brings a different aspect of non-nerd stuff that Dylan and I typically talk about. It gives you a movie perspective, and it gives you a perspective on, you know, not something that, uh, you know, went off the radar in terms of good for Dylan and I. I think there were good parts. Florence Pugh was a rock star. I can't wait to see her in more projects uh, down the line that she's going to be a part of. Um I think her next big thing she's outside of uh, nowadays, she's in so much, man. Outside of Marvel and everything, she's got something coming up. I want to not get it twisted. Um, she's uh, let's see. Oh, she's in the she's in part two of Dune. She's gonna be in the new Dune movie. She's also in our our big uh, movie that you and I are gonna go see together, the Oppenheimer movie. Yeah, she's part of that rock star cast. Um, the cast is literally incredible. <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have Florence Pugh in some big time um, productions in the next couple of years between Oppenheimer, Dune Part 2, The Thunderbolts, etc. Uh, but Dylan, let's break down our our, uh, our scores we've given to things in the past this year. Uh, overall scores, I'll read for all of these rather than all of our individuals, but Book of Boba Fett got a 7.7 out of 10. Peacemaker Season 1, a 9.5 out of 10. Daredevil, all three seasons combined, got a 9.3 out of 10. Moon Knight, a 9.4 out of 10. Obi-Wan Kenobi, an 8.4 out of 10. Stranger Things Season 4, a 9.5 out of 10. Miss Marvel, a 7.9 out of 10. The Gray Man, the lone movie we have uh, reviewed this year, got a 6.8 out of 10. Uh, I Am Groot got a 7.4 out of 10. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, an 8 out of 10. Uh, Werewolf by Night, I didn't add up the score for some reason. The math. Uh, Divide that by two. 
Werewolf by Night got an 8.6 out of 10 from us cumulatively. And House of the Dragon Season 1, the most recent overall review, got a 9.1 out of 10 from the boys here. Uh, so, Dylan, looking here, our second movie of 2022 that we will review. We have plenty of more you know, coming down the pipeline over the next couple of weeks, too. But was Don't Worry Darling better than The Gray Man for you, which you gave a 6.2 out of 10? No. Interesting. No. Dylan, your Don't Worry Darling score. Six. Six flat out of ten. I was sitting on this for a while. <laughs> I was pretty content with six. I mean, once again, I will preface that uh, a six out of ten for me is me not saying to, to not necessarily watch. At least give it one watch. This is me just letting you know that it's not the greatest of a movie, and that's just because I don't like the acting choices. I don't like the plot twist. Um, I don't necessarily like the length. I think it even could have been a little bit shorter. Um, I just don't like the way it was done. Like it just it feels kind of like I don't want to say sloppy because it does make sense now that you know the end of it. But like it's also sloppy in the sense where like they just leave too many open windows, too many unnecessary like loose ends in terms of like. They, they tell you what the movie's about, but they don't only really tell you what it's about kind of thing. You know? So, via Rotten Tomatoes, here's the uh, the scores there. The critic rating out of 322 reviews is a 39% on the tomato meter. And then the audience score is a 74%. Uh, the breakdowns here. The critic consensus is, despite an intriguing array of talent on either side of the camera, Don't Worry Darling is a mostly muddled rehash of overly familiar themes, which I think Dylan and I both agree with. Yes. Um, And I think we'll both agree with what the audience says. Uh, The ending isn't for everyone, but the cast, especially Florence Pugh helps. Don't worry, darling, make the most of a story with fairly few surprises. That's fair. I think we both agree with both what the critics say and what the audience says, which for the most part, sometimes you don't get both. Sometimes you only get one. Sometimes you get none. Uh, but I am going to give this also not a better score than the gray man, because I think Dylan and I both agree on a second watch of the gray man. We'd enjoy it more. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to make a funny joke here for my score, but it's what I feel. It's a six, nine out of 10. Nice. Um, I think Florence Pugh and Chris Pine give it a majority of this 6.9 out of 10. I hated the VR plot twist nonsense. Um, it was just a weird movie. It's a weird movie. Um, don't watch it with your parents because there's a lot of sexy time uh, and it would be awkward. Um, but overall score here now, 6.9. Gets a 6.5 out of 10 from the boys overall because uh, it rounded to a 6.45 which goes up to a 6.5 out of 10 which Dylan that is our lowest score to date on any project we have reviewed so don't worry darling gets a 6.5 which I think the overall rating is a 6.2 so we're still even above average um, but that might even be because we're just big Florence Pugh stands um 
That Don't worry, be- darling. A a wild one. Uh, the Harry Styles song conspiracy, I think, checks out. Um, and I think it is Squid Game meets WandaVision meets some portion of Jordan Peele's brain. Let <laughs> us know in the comment section on YouTube your thoughts on Don't Worry, Darling, if you've watched it. Uh, if you haven't, I don't know why you sat through our review yet without watching it. Um, but totally, at least give it one watch. I'll say that for this movie. Give it a watch. See what you think. I don't know if it's a, a rewatchable movie. I think it's a one and done in my opinion. I think in Dylan's opinion as well. Uh, but that is our Don't Worry Darling review, which brings us back to the upside down, Dylan. Oh, man. Back to the Upside Down. It's brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com. Get your sunglasses, your blue light glasses especially. Those blue light plus glasses come in clutch when you're watching your favorite shows and movies. It helps your eyes not strain as much. keeps those harmful blue lights out of your eyeballs. Uh, And you can use our code USP at checkout for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. To get yours today. Dylan, Stranger Things Day has come and gone. The the anniversary of Will Byers disappearing November 6th uh, happened this weekend. We got the title for Season 5, Chapter 1. It is called The Crawl. A lot of people doing some speculating there. A lot of doing... A lot of digging into the... Plethora of things, though, for being friends. 100%. And there's a lot of digging into a poster that uh, Stranger Things officially put out. And Stranger Things also put out newly revamped Netflix uh, profile icons. Ayo. Including one Eddie Munson. Now, you can say, obviously, season four just happened. You got to put the Eddie Munson icon. But. A lot of people taken away from little nuggets dropped here and there from Stranger Things Day. I do like nuggets. That the Eddie Munson theories that Dylan and I talked about this past summer when we broke down Stranger Things, which is tied for our best reviewed project of the year, along with Peacemaker Season 1, um, is that Eddie Munson is alive. And he is the master of puppets. It makes the most sense that he's alive. Let's be, let, let's be real here. The the Kaz theory from day one made so much sense, and then as the months went on, as the more you know behind the scenes footage came out, once the show was completely out on Netflix, you have the the artistic director behind Eddie's character and costume designer with all of his tattoos. Eddie Munson is going to show up one way or another in season five. And I truly think from the reception that Eddie got and Joseph Quinn, the the performance he put on, the Duffer brothers had, with how online they are, had to take away the popularity of Eddie's character and say, okay, we need to write him into the series finale season. That's pretty much where I was at. I mean, he became like a literal, a literal internet sensation. And I feel like the brothers would be shooting themselves in the foot if they didn't bring back Eddie in some capacity, even if they truly want to stay by him being dead, maybe at least incorporate the actor and the character in some kind of like flashbacks, or maybe as like 
I don't want to say a ghost, but like, you know, something that allows the character to be revisited and potentially, hopefully, uh, revived. Either way, he'll be in it. I don't know to what capacity, but Kyle's right. Makes a great point. I think it would be a missed opportunity not to have um, Eddie Munson come back in any capacity in the last season of Stranger Things. And I think from what we got in season four, when they're doing their D&D campaign, when it is revolving around Vecna and Kaz the Bloody Handed gets mentioned, Eddie's the dungeon master for that campaign. The show is built upon, you know, the, the pillars of Dungeons and Dragons. That's going to be a huge portion, I think, of this finale season. I think they could bring that campaign as to what has been going on in real life, and you're going to need Kaz the Bloody Handed to help you take down Vecna, who is, you know, originally Vecna's right-hand man who turns on him and kills him. Yeah, that's going to be what the people say, clutch. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, Eleven's going to be assembling an army, Vecna's going to be assembling an army, Um, and I think the crawl is... In my opinion, early thoughts, obviously. The crawl to me, when I first saw the title, is Eddie crawling through the Upside Down to try and stay alive. And that's when Vecna stumbles upon him. And then that's when the transformation into the the living vampire that is Kaz happens. And that's what I got from the crawl. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he's going to crawl out of the Upside Down. No, he's going to be like some sort of hybrid undead upside down zombie type situation that is you know working with cat or working with vecna at first yeah but then uh is gonna turn on him and then that's when we get eddie's you know full-blown redemption arc and uh why is my screen black kyle (laughs) i don't know dylan did did you lose power did your tv lose power i'm uh just cosplaying the upside down right Um, Hit refresh real quick. I'll be right back. Dylan's screen is fixed. Um, But I think that is when Eddie, you know, joins Eleven's army and helps take down Vecna once and for all. And then that's when he gets celebrated and is the actual hero like he was always meant to be. Yeah, he's he's going to be a hero. I mean, he wasn't at first, but he's proved it time and time again as the series goes on. And he'll have even more chances to prove that he is that guy. Eddie's always been that guy, will always be that guy, and uh, what will always be is everybody's favorite segment. It is the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes brought to you by the homies over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That is playpickup.com. Dylan, since we last spoke on the podcast, there are quite a few things that have come out in the streaming platform Multiverse. Uh, According to... Uh, Redanian Intelligence, which is uh, bringing you all the updates on The Witcher, uh, Henry Cavill was reportedly considering leaving The Witcher after Season 2 due to creative differences. 
Uh, Cavill has mentioned before that he's pushed for a more book accurate Geralt. And, uh, well, Henry Cavill won't be part of The Witcher season four now. Uh, God damn it, Kyle! Some other interesting developments here. Warner Brothers Discovery wants to make more Harry Potter films if J.K. Rowling, redacted, shouldn't have said the name, agrees. Um, there's also a rumor floating around that, you know, I did some research. It's not fully confirmed if it's happening or not. It's a Voldemort series. You said the name, Kyle! <laughs> there's a Voldemort series that people are pushing around thinking that HBO is greenlit it. It's not greenlit yet. It's just a concept idea that I think is mostly fan theorized. Uh, so if you see that, don't believe it until it's true. Although it would be kind of sick if we got a Tom Riddle Voldemort series and all that kind of stuff. I also don't know. I could ask Sarah about this, obviously being the number one Harry Potter fan in the world. No more than you. Where would they go from here with Harry Potter? If they made more films, I don't know. My sister would know. We'll find out next time on streamer season. Um, Dylan, I'm going to ask you this because you have the full blown knowledge. I want you to choose your game of Thrones fighter. This is from culture crave. Uh, All right. Ready for this? Here we go. Okay. Top. Here's the first five. Okay. Arthur Dane, Barristan Selmy, Jamie Lannister, Bronn, Aemon Targaryen. And then the next five. Damon Targaryen, Jon Snow, uh, Daenerys... Sorry if I butchered that to the Game of Thrones people. Uh, Sandor Clegane, and then Brienne of Tarth. I remember who Sandor Clegane He kind of looks like a older, top, more like sleepy uh, Peter Dinklage. Is, there, uh, is this like a, where, where are you getting this from? This list. list. Culture Crave on Twitter. I'll DM you the. Yeah, DM me the list, and I'll tell you. I think I need to go with Team One, though. I just, I'm just gonna double check something right quick for the folks. I think Team One. I'm also thinking I'm just full blown taking Damon. I think. So let me see. Yeah, so Barristan Salmi is apparently he was like the best fighter when he was younger. Um. Hmm. Hmm. This is tough, Kyle. <laughs> I think I'm taking Damon full blown, full send. Arthur, Arthur, I'm taking Arthur Dane and Sir Barristan. Uh, some Wakanda Forever news here, Dylan. Uh, not. Spoiler at all. The movie obviously comes out this weekend. Hopefully Dylan and I will be able to go see it and we'll have Wakanda Forever updates on everything on the pod soon. But Ryan Coogler uh, says Wakanda Forever was originally going to focus on T'Challa struggling to resume life after Thanos' snap. He was going to be grieving the loss of time. And as a man with so much responsibility to so many coming back after a forced five years absence, that's what the film was tackling. So an interesting original plot there for what Wakanda Forever was going to be. I like that. 
Uh, Daphne Keene joins the cast of The Acolyte, which is the big Star Wars show that will uh, be after Andor. Not sure when it's coming out. I think it's 2023, but the series follows the dark side emerging roughly 100 years before The Phantom Menace. Uh, and for people who don't know who Daphne Keene is, Daphne Keene is from... She was in Logan. Um, she's, oh, a young, she's a younger actor. The, 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 the little girl from Logan, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so she has joined the cast of the Acolyte alongside our man from Squid Game, uh, who is the lead, which I'm very excited about. Uh, let's see here. Next up on the docket, uh, apparently Disney Plus Italy leaked something very interesting, Dylan. Uh, that this weekend, apparently, November 12th, Disney Plus is releasing a Grogu short film. Disney Plus Italy accidentally posted and then deleted the announcement. Uh, November 12th is when it's supposed to come out, which is the third anniversary of The Mandalorian. Oh, I want that. So we might have a short film about Grogu this weekend. Uh very excited about that. Obviously, The Mandalorian and, uh, Season 3 is February 23rd. Can't wait for that. Uh, Dylan Giancarlo Esposito has been cast in Netflix's The Gentleman's sequel series. That's sick. Very excited about that. Uh, unfortunate news here. Um, for a very popular show. I don't know if you caught news of this, but almost a week ago now. Uh, Westworld has been canceled. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard mixed things about it. So basically, I heard that it used to be a good show, but then it just fell off the face of the earth. That's what a lot of people have said. We obviously have a strange connection to Westworld, as Pat we Pitt's do. brother was a writer on the show. Um, so unfortunately, they won't get a season five. But uh, Westworld has been canceled. So maybe now that there is, you know. A definitive end. Dylan and I will tune into Westworld at some point. Uh, Dylan, did you see this video from uh, Team KF Martial Arts on Instagram of our boy? Hit the music. Uh, Charlie Cox doing some boxing training for Daredevil Born Again. I didn't see this. It's absolutely electric. Uh, very excited for daredevil obviously uh more on westworld too the core westworld cast will still be paid uh for season five despite the show being canceled interesting uh next up here we go Andor season two starts filming november 21st according to collider uh dan gilroy bo willimon and tom bissell will all assist writing season two awesome uh, Henry Cavill shuts down rumors that he'll be in House of the Dragon. He said, I think it would be nice to be in Westeros. I really do, but I don't think there's a place for me there. No. Uh, he said, to be fair, when I was watching House of the Dragon, I was like, I feel like a lot of these guys could make really good witchers. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, next up here, this is pretty interesting, being that you're also full-blown gamer type more than i am uh did you see modern warfare 2 made 800 million dollars in its worldwide opening weekend here's how that compares to the recent highest grossing opening weekends for movies Fucking nuts. the batman 
with Robert Pattinson was $248 million. Thor Love and Thunder was $303 million. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was $450 million. And Spider-Man No Way Home was $600 million. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 outpaced Spider-Man No Way Home by $200 million. Jesus. <laughs> That's fucking insane. Insane isn't the fucking words. Kyler Murray must be stopped. <laughs> Kyler Murray hasn't been done well since Call of Duty is coming. That's good grief. It's 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 time is a flat circle. Uh so good. the Acolyte is now filming, Dylan. That is as of a couple days ago. Uh, a new description for the Acolyte reads, A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. I'm kind of intrigued about that show. I'm intrigued. Like, Star Wars has some interesting shows in general coming up. Oh, I saw that... Um... The one anime thing, they're making another Star Wars. Yes, that is also on my list here, um, which is from uh, Studio Ghibli, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, very, very. Which <laughs> I say casually, like, oh, that one company, like they're one of the most well-known studios. They, uh, what, what's their big projects that they've produced? They have a bunch of movies. I believe they did like the Spirited Away stuff. Okay. Um, they definitely worked on some of the uh, the shorts too for Star Wars, right? <laughs> that we watched. They done did. Uh, I'm trying to Google now what they've done. I always like blank. While Dylan pulls that up, I'm gonna give something more Castle, from Wakanda. Castle oh. Sky, Grave of the Fireflies, Spirited Away, Hal's Moving Castle, um, Princess Mon- Monarchy. They did a lot of bangers. So there you go, more Star Wars anime crossover. Um, also, Dylan, Ryan Coogler says, Namor, which is how uh, Namor is pronounced in the movie, Namor is as, as strong as Thor and the Hulk in the MCU. Is that canon? Which, from early non-spoiler reviews from people that I have seen who have seen the movie, say they understand why he said that. Okay. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, already, Dylan, Avatar 4 and 5 may get canceled if Avatar The Way of Water flops. <laughs> well, that's what you fucking get when you take 18,000 years to have a sequel. The movie came out in 2009, dude. <sighs> a whole different man. Because I wasn't a man. I was a kid. <laughs> I was a boy. I was a boy. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, a couple things here. Monster has been renewed for two more seasons on Netflix. The new installments will each focus on other monstrous figures who have impacted society. I did not watch the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. I will not watch the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. It has no interest whatsoever from me. Um, I don't need to see Evan Peters portraying a serial killer who is a piece of shit human. Um, And also, I don't know if you also saw Dylan Peacock is doing a Casey Anthony situation yeah. thing too Why not even a thing dude i don't get it at all i don't get the glorification of serial killers and and killers in general it's very weird um so no you will not hear about any of those shows 
of us breaking them down on this podcast. Fortunately, it's been a thing, too. I feel like people have always been, you know. It's so weird. Uh, in more positive fun news, one of my favorite actors, and I think he's one of one of yours as well, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. He, he is doing the reverse of what a lot of the voice actors for this uh, movie have done. He's going to be voicing Spider-Punk in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Truly, I saw that too. That's pretty. I'm pretty so great. excited for this movie. Like, not that I wasn't already, but now you're adding one of my favorite actors into the fold with the likes of Oscar Isaac and Haley Steinfeld and Catherine Hahn and like across the board, like Daniel Kaluuya is a rock star and I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. The next one here, Gears of War live action film and adult animated series are in development at Netflix. That could be a banger if they do it right. Um the next big thing here We've got casting for Agatha, Coven of Chaos. It was Agatha all along. Bang, dan it, bang, dan it. Uh, Best boss we got all year. Aubrey Plaza has been cast in Agatha, Coven of Chaos, allegedly as the villain of the show, Dylan. Um, that it ain't so. Then we also have Eric Andre... And Sashir Zamata joining the cast of Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Not that I wasn't already excited for this show, because y'all know how we fucked with WandaVision and Agatha Harkness as a whole. But now you're adding Aubrey Plaza as a villain. You're adding Eric Andre to the MCU. Yeah. And you're adding Sashir Zamata as well. No, there's some bangers, dude. There's some good actors being added. It's uh, it's pretty, 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 pretty cool. I am so pumped. Uh, like Dylan mentioned earlier, the Oculus founder claims he created a VR headset that will kill the user if they die within the game. Tell me that doesn't scream the episode of the Fairly Odd Parents where Timmy goes into the virtual reality game. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot all that. That was the first thing I thought of when I read that headline. This guy must be a secret nerd or weeb because I never watched this, but apparently there's an anime. It's literally about this. Yeah, it's like Sword Art Online or something. Yep, yep, that's exactly what it is. They they literally get trapped. They can't can't log off, and if you die in the game, you die in real life. And this guy was like, you know what? I'm going to recreate that. Apparently, he's not going to put it out to the public. It's just like one of those like things that he said he wanted to realize he could accomplish it, Um, but very fucking weird. Very weird indeed. I mean, kudos to him for making his dream come true. Yeah. Uh, We got our first trailer from A24's The Whale featuring our boy Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, and Hong Chow. Very excited for that. Um, Also, here we go. Sean Levy, our boy from Stranger Things and now Deadpool, is in talks to direct a new Star Wars film. Allegedly, J.D. Dillard's Star Wars film is no longer happening, according to the rap, and that is where Sean Levy is coming into play. Awesome. Sorry, I had to mute it. I was washing my hands. Something Very my excited desk. for that. Something uh got my hands, uh, but no, that's awesome. I saw, speaking of Deadpool, I saw that, um, what's the character's name? 
Oh, I saw Owen Wilson was going to be in the Deadpool 3. Yeah, apparently Mobius in the TVA might be in Deadpool 3, which is very interesting. Um, and another interesting thing here, more uh, saving of the DCEU, Dylan. Jason Momoa says his dream DC project is now in development. Yeah, it's uh, uh Lobo. Lobo, yeah. Um, we also, if you want to avoid spoilers, avoid them. But apparently, we got a new look at Ironheart's Mark II armor in the like last trailer of Wakanda Forever before the yeah. movie came out. It looks fucking wild. Um, let's see here, what else I have? Uh, there's an Indiana Jones TV series in the works at Disney Plus. Yes, sir. It's unknown if the series would uh, serve as a prequel to or spinoff of the film franchise. Yeah, I'm over that shit. Uh, HBO is submitting Patty Considine and Emma Darcy as lead actor and actress for the Emmys. Rightfully so. Wait. The other uh, submissions, Best Supporting Actor, Matt Smith, Fabian Frankel, Reese Ifans, Matthew Needham, Steve Toussaint, and Best Supporting Actress, Millie Alcock, Olivia Cook, Emily Carey, Eve Best, and Sonoya Mizuno. So there's going to be a lot of House of the Dragon Awards won uh, at the Emmys this year. MCU's Phase 4, Dylan, will cross $5 billion at the worldwide box office with Wakanda Forever in the fold, um, which is wild. Uh, let's see. What do I... There's a Snoop Dogg biopic in development at Universal. Interesting. Um... The next thing I have here, we have, oh, it was the DM we got um, on Instagram from our boy Strebin that I sent you earlier this week. Apparently Darth Maul versus Ahsoka in the Ahsoka series on, on set. Yeah, it's going to be freaking nuts. Absolutely wild. Um, I hope it's true. That would be amazing for all the Clone Wars people out there. If you know, yeah, you know. That was not fake news. Um, but shout out to Strebin for shooting that our way. OG listener of the pod. Uh, yeah. Rain Wilson, Dylan, has apparently changed his name to yeah. Rainfall Heatwave Extreme Winter Wilson to draw attention to climate change. Pretty powerful stuff right there. Uh, and then this will probably make you happy. Avatar The Last and airbender animated film releases in theaters october 10th 2025 sick kind of far away though i'll probably forget about it but <laughs> but that's all we got for you guys this week a loaded pod next week we'll obviously have Andor episode 10 uh and then also on the docket next week's movie that dylan and i will be breaking down um will be The Card Counter on HBO Max, starring Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, and Willem Dafoe. And Dylan. Not kidding. <laughs> that was the spoiler. Um, <laughs> so yes, The Card Counter on HBO Max. We will let you guys know when Dylan and I like plan on watching it. Maybe do like a live tweet along with everybody. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like this is a movie that like flew under the radar with those three at the top of the cast. Like felt like this movie should have had way more publicity about it. Don't know why it didn't have it. Uh, so we'll be breaking that down and reviewing it on next week's episode along with Andor episode 11. 
And then uh, if Dylan and I happen to get to the movie theater this weekend, one way or another, we will potentially have Wakanda Forever okay. uh, breakdown. So stay tuned for all that. But that's why you got to follow us on the socials at StreamerSZN on Twitter, Instagram. Follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Dylan, what should they be leaving in those reviews one last time? In the reviews, they should be leaving recommendations on what you and I are to watch next across all the streaming services. Kyle and I have access to all of them. And if we don't, we will literally obtain it like Thanos getting the stones to bring you the content you desire. And you can also leave recommendations in the YouTube comment section. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia brings you right to the channel. We're on that road to 1K Gauntlet Challenge. We're at 309 subscribers right now. Uh, My goal is that we get to like 425 by the end of 2022. Uh, Hopefully that can happen, if not more. But go subscribe. That's where you get full video episodes of streamer season every single week. And uh, smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on everything on the docket this week. And uh, anything that you're watching that you want to recommend to us, leave it in the YouTube comments section below. Shout out to our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. Use code UNDERGROUND at checkout at phiapparel.co for 10% off your order of any merch. Black Friday and Cyber Monday are right around the corner. Get a jump start on the shopping and uh, support your favorite small business right here. Underground Sports Philadelphia streamer season. Uh, the streamer season shirt that'll be up within the by the end of the week will be the letters you see here on the uh, right above Dylan's head on the video version. Yeah. That'll be on a shirt. Uh, so go cop the streamer season merch. And a uh, big thank you to Tom Oxshades, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board, and Pickup for uh, being on board with us. All of their info is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. But this has been another edition of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Dylan, I'm KB. We're going to go jump in the ocean because there's only one way out. And uh, we love you all the time. Till next time. See ya!